0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Hey guys, today's episode comes to you from my Ibiza, one of my favorite places in the world. And it's a conversation with one of my all-time favorite artists in this world, Grimes. Yes, actual Grimes. Can you believe it? Who I sat down with at the International Music Summit last month. This hand sound is my favourite interview I've ever done in my career so far and it's one of those conversations that I haven't been able to stop thinking about since. It's had such a profound effect on me and I almost feel like everyone who was in the room that day watching it left forever changed see what you think in this captivating chat grimes and i explore the evolution of music creation and consumption how artificial intelligence is transforming the world and even her thoughts on the future of humanity yep we went there grimes shares her thoughts on copyright we talk about that infamous boiler room and she tells us more about elf tech and forthcoming music To be honest, I'm still pinching myself that this one happened. So here we go, Grimes and myself in conversation. Hello, everyone, how are we doing? Hey. Um, Yeah, I guess before we get into it, I just want to say, like, this year's theme is Face the Future. And I feel like what a way to round off this year's conference um, with someone who's, I think, one of the most fascinating minds. And an inventor, a visionary. Can we make some noise for Grimes, everyone? I have to say, like I was saying to you just before we came on, like... I genuinely, am such a big fan of you, and it's for me, it's a big moment to be here at an electronic music conference that I'm the co-host of, um, talking to one of my favorite artists who actually got me into electronic music, like when I was a teenager. So I want to say thanks for that.
2: Oh well, thanks for having me, and it's I, it's fun to meet like young women doing it too. I feel like, yeah, when we're starting out, there's almost nobody, and it's cool to just meet. People yeah, doing
1: things. It's it's very cool. Ah, um,
2: it's scary to talk. And
1: we're just gonna have a little casual chat. It's so all gonna be good. So we're here in Ibiza.
2: You're a fan of Ibiza. I love it here. Yeah. Yeah. What do you What do you love about it? Um. I mean, I had like my first kind of foray into dance music here. Because Richie Houghton invited me out. And actually, that's when the boiler room thing happened. Mm. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I just spent like a week and a half here, two weeks just with Richie and seeing him play all the time and seeing a bunch of dance stuff. And at that point, I was just making indie music and stuff. And so that just totally, I don't know, rewrote my (laughs) conception of what kind of music I wanted to make and what I loved. Um, And yeah, I've been back... Probably like f- five or six times ever since, nice. Yes, yeah. I feel like there's something like, it's a bit cringe to say this, but there
1: is something really magical about like arriving here, you get off the plane, the sea's there, the beautiful, I don't know if you're like a seafood lover, like I'm obsessed with seafood, so I'm just like straight to the beach,
2: straight to the restaurant. I kinda hate the sea. You hate the sea? I grew up. <laughs> no! I grew up by the ocean. <laughs> I, I recently realized that like I, that I, uh, I, I, I sort of hate nature. Um, <laughs> Because I love cities, but um, <laughs> Ibiza has lots of clubs and like really good sound systems and stuff.
1: Yeah, like so that. against all odds, you do actually like being here. Yeah, 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 thought so. <laughs> um, and we mentioned the boiler room moment. Like, I don't know if anyone here has seen that boiler room moment with Grimes. Look, um, it's
2: ancient history now. It if, is. It's, if people it's, still remember. It's also a relic of a different time because you would never get cancelled for that now. <laughs> no, like I mean, it's like it's one of the it's one of the things it actually does show like a, a progression in the culture away from sexism Definitely, but I feel like, for me, it's one of the best
1: things on the internet. I think it was like a cultural reset, watching you play All I Want for Christmas Is You in summer at a villa party.
2: Yeah, we got it taken down because it was so extreme and I was getting so many death threats at the time, which is what? now so funny. Yeah, Those no, techno-purists, right? Yeah, they, they really were mad at me. Um, but it, it uh, d- did encourage me to learn how to DJ properly. It was a fear-based endeavor, but still... Not very useful. I think we should release the set one day. You know, we got to find the set. Um, that's why I'm like, we need to actually find it and release it. Because I wasn't playing off an iPad or an iPhone. What were you doing on a? I mean, it was still like something. Right, it was like tractor or something on a laptop. It wasn't like mind blowing by any stretch. And uh, yeah, you were playing bangers though. So huh? You were playing bangers. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah. All
1: right. Um, well. We've spoken about the past. I guess let's let's bring it to now. I think I was thinking about like what your fans would want to know about you and like hear from you. And you've done a lot of teasing over the years: book one, book two, the lesbian space opera, <laughs> the
2: the book war- one is the space opera. Okay, yeah.
1: Could you give us like give us a bit of an insight into this world that you're creating?
2: Um. I mean, basically, well, so book one, I can't say why, but I wasn't allowed to release it for a very long time. So it's, um, I got kind of bored of it. I will release it, but I just had to start making new music. Um, But in December, I decided to go to SF because the AI stuff was taking off and I really just wanted to like go into the center of the AI stuff. And, you know, um, I think there's like a, it's a really interesting moment in tech and, Uh, was literally just cold calling companies and being like, can I come in and like, see what you guys are doing? And we like found all about brain computer interfaces and like, um, just, you know, talked to a lot of people on the forefront of AI. And, um, I just did like a big sort of research deep dive. Um, and so now I'm like reorienting what I'm doing musically, I think, uh, to engage with that. I I feel like a lot of the most profound art in the world is, um when there's kind of, like, a dance between, like, the artist and the engineer, I always say. But, you know, like, when you ask a lot of people, like, what, what like what inspired you to create, um, to become an engineer? Like, they always say Isaac Asimov or something like that. Like, they're never, you know, it's, it's, it's like the way art and fiction engages with futurism. Um, I think that's something that's, like, really profound um, and really important. And I think we're in a weird point in society where people feel like, uh, tech and art are oppositional forces. One of the things I like about dance music is I feel like dance music is this kind of sacred place where, like, art and tech really um, are, like, married to each other. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like we all use plug we're all We're all trying to... Like, musicians, dance musicians, like... Do actually really care about technology, and I think that's like a really beautiful thing, and I think it's something that has always like made dance music extra special to me, and is one of the reasons I care about it um, more because it's not just about writing a nice song; it's about like truly playing with form and playing with like, you know, like sculpting reality and like uh, creating sounds, creating new sounds and new landscapes and like literally new realities, in you know if you want to call it that. Um, and so, yeah, I. I'm now in the process of trying to make music based on my spy mission, um, which was <laughs> successful. Um, Amazing. Well, I mean, I want to dive into
1: all the AI stuff um, in a moment, but I, I want to like pull up this thing you said in an interview with Lex Friedman, which I thought was fascinating. You used the term like that we're no longer Homo sapiens, but we're now Homo techno. And I'd love for you to like tell everyone about this because I thought what you said about it was so cool.
2: I mean, technically, I guess the better term is techno-sapiens, but it just doesn't roll off the tongue quite as nicely. Um, but uh, yeah, I sort of believe we're not um, homo-sapiens anymore. I think we are a lot more transhumanist than we would think. Like, we are closer to cyborgs than we would think. Like, just because we aren't augmenting our body with, like, surgery to do that yet, um, you know, we live with phones and computers and, like, even these things, you know, like, we are um, fully integrated with technology um, in a manner that, like, if if we lost all of this tomorrow, there would be, like, untold chaos. People wouldn't know how to function. People wouldn't be able to get places. People, um, you know, like, even, like, the nature of memory has changed. It's, like, when you keep so much information outside of your brain, like, you process things in a really different way. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I think people are adapting to the technology around us. I, I, I was even just saying the other day, like, um, TikTok is, like, creating this sort of, like, weird return to oral culture. But that's, like, this, like, weird digital version of oral culture. Like, when people are, like, stressed about the illiteracy, illiteracy crisis with the kids, um, you know, it's like the kids are actually, like, fusing with the computer to become, like, weird Homeric storytellers. Yeah. Um, and I, I think... Yeah, I would not identify as a Homo sapien. I, I think I am a tool-using, technology-using creature um, that, like, my lo- like my life would be like that. That is essential to my existence, and I think many of the people I I know agree. I mean, I'm like unemployable without it. So, <laughs> like, yeah.
1: You're in the right industry, then I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanna go into like. Your world and we've, we've got it on the screen like elf tech which i'd love for you to tell us about it this feels like it's this immersive platform where you can engage with your art and your music and i know uh you tweeted as well last week saying that anyone who wants to like use an ai generated version of your voice that you'd split 50 percent of the royalties and I thought that was really really interesting just kind of given like where we're out of technology and like where art's going and so yeah what do you hope to accomplish by doing that and with using elf tech as well
2: (laughs) um i so i really feel strongly that there's way too much gatekeeping in music um and you know i think we're in a the thing with music and art is, um, you're also competing with the attention economy, and so I think that artists have a responsibility. The artists who have like surpassed the attention economy thing, like, and who can sort of get people to regularly pay attention with to them. Um, here, let me start start this better. Copyright sucks. Um, I don't think art belongs to anyone. I, I think art is a conversation that we have. With like all the humans that came before us, and that we, and its messages we're leaving to everyone coming after us, um, and the idea of art being so intertwined with the ego is like a very modern concept, like this very like 20th century concept. You know, like um, when we look at the pyramids and hieroglyphics and like all art until kind of like the industrial revolution-ish, like you have some instances of authorship but like mostly it's anonymous and even when you know you're in a room like you're in a beautiful place like you're surrounded by art a lot of the time and like architecture and you don't know who made it you know um and i think music uh the music industry has been very um defined by lawyers uh and I kind of distrust anything that is super defined by lawyers. And I I, I think it um, puts a real stranglehold on creativity. And I think a lot of the best moments in art were the moments when there was the least copy, right? Like like the early years of rap and sampling and all this stuff. Um, And if you look at, I also think you look at something like Harry Potter or League of Legends, like companies that don't penalize people for fan art, um, like there is just, such brilliant communities and and still innovative art made with that IP um, all the time that, like, doesn't even come from the original creators and um, those communities just seem, like, really healthy and it just seems like a really beautiful thing and it seems beautiful that you could love something like, um, you know, like, (laughs) I've bought, like, a decent amount of uh, League of Legends fan art from artists and it's, like, interesting that you could be a fan of something and then you could, like, earn from it, too. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think it's, like, a you're, like, giving something back to people. Um, but, you know, it's really hard to make it as a musician right now and uh, I think, just like why w- why shouldn't everyone be able to use your voice or whatever? It like just seems cool and exciting and then like, I don't know, like beautiful things might come from it. You know, when people like especially big artists do these writing camps, they like search the world for the best people to come in and write and they spend all this money doing it and it's like you could just not spend that money and just give your voice out to the public and, like, you'd have to be drawing from a much, much wider pool, you know, like, the outcome, the net outcomes of uh, great art would be higher. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So. It's, it's a good point. I mean,
1: it's a really interesting question about, like, who owns it. And you mentioned we should get rid of copyright. and And, like, I feel like for you as well, like this new generation of of Grimes and this world and the art you're putting out, it feels like it could be a collaboration with with your fans and with other artists and it's something, you can now create something that a few years ago, it wasn't even possible.
2: Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And I mean, we've been trying to do this for a while. We were trying to make a good voice sim like three or four years ago and it just like the technology wasn't there, Um, but, I've always kind of believed in open sourcing Grimes. Like I don't really identify as a singer. I've always kind of identified more as a general purpose artist and producer. And um, you know, yeah, this just feels like one of the cooler almost like performance art things you can do with AI. And uh, I feel like this moment right now, is sort of like the beginning of the internet. Um, It's like a really special moment that it's going to be really hard to recreate. I I I think there's, technology that is going to, like, profoundly shift our culture, and, um, you know, I, a lot of artists are really stressed about it, but I actually think this might be one of the coolest times to be an artist mm. ever, in many ways. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, one thing I wanted to
1: ask you, I, I don't know um, if anyone here, like, you saw the someone basically made a version of a track with Drake and The Weeknd, like AI-generated versions of their voices, and then I think it got uploaded to Spotify, and then it got flagged, then it got taken down on Spotify. And also, David Guetta, in one of his DJ sets, he created, um, I can't remember what it said, but it was using Eminem's voice that was AI-generated, and then he used it um, over a drop in a set. And yeah, and I, I just wanted what you thought about those examples where permission wasn't given by, like, the original creators to use those voices,
2: but something was made. I think it's good to have consent. It wouldn't personally bother me, but I just still think it's good to respect people, you know? Um, Like, if they don't want that, then they... It it, it is a lot. You are, like, foregoing creative control, Mm. Um, and so you sort of have to be, like, open to that. I, I think there's systems that can make it a bit easier. Like, we really want to petition to Spotify to, you know, it's like you have, like, your top tracks, and then, like, your new your albums, and then, like, your new releases and features. Like, they, if they made also an AI section, mm. then it would be easier to, to, like, compartmentalize that stuff, and then people could also understand that um, it's not, like, the artist's output, and it, and it becomes less confusing and quality control, I think, would be a bit easier. Um, I, I think that it, this is all just really new, and the industry isn't set up for it, but um, that would probably make People feel better, but I still think consent is important.
1: Yeah, yeah. What would you do if someone used your voice and made something terrible? I kind of want
2: you hate it. I kind of want them to. <laughs>
3: like,
2: it's kind of like like the I don't know if anyone watched like the Sydney Bing thing, yeah. like you know, and Dan and like all the AIs that went evil or whatever. Like, I, you know, it's gonna be there's gonna be a few instances of like really nightmarish deep fake music mm. and. It's exciting and fun when that. It was really fun when when the AI went got really scary and was like doxing people and stuff. I was <laughs> like, whoa, um, you know. So like, yeah. I, I I think that's part of it. Is just a, opening up to the risk and seeing what happens. And mm. you know, um, like yeah. Okay.
1: What about what would you say to people who would be like, well? creating stuff with AI is cool, but, like, you could never replace that human touch of, like, actually being that person singing, or even songwriting, because now you can use the tools to write songs as well. Like, do you... What do you think?
2: Um... I think we don't know the... understand the limits of AI. I think it probably will be better than us at our own game. Um, But... I don't know if that needs if that's necessarily bad. Like, first of all, when I see how fast things are accelerating, like I think probably society is just going to drastically change, and like an aspect of that will be people who only want to listen to stuff by humans, and an aspect of that will probably be like low tech enclaves or like people who like sort of like want to engage with tech only up to like the point of AI or something. Um, you know, I don't think we all have to be like, stuck in a, a world where we just feel irrelevant or whatever. Um, and I also think what we consider creativity, like the reason AI is good at anything is actually because we're good at things and yeah. it's, it's trained on what we've made. And, you know, like changing the nature of art so that it is simultaneously um, training data is something that, you know, it's, it's just like a drastic change to the nature of the artist. Um. and yeah I don't know that one's tricky that one's hard to answer and I, I think there's a, a lot more thought needs to happen I think I think we're kind of rushing into the future and I do wish a bit more care was being taken about certain things and that's one of them but yeah yeah it's still early days um, okay one more for
1: you what about like you know using an artist who's no longer with us They're they're actually dead but you want to you know have Michael Jackson on your track or Prince or where is like, is that ethical to do that now?
2: It's so tricky. I would say no, but then I also feel like someone like Prince would probably be kind of down. So, it, I mean, if I was just making a call, I would say like friends of Prince could do it, mm. you know, like Lizzo could probably do it, but like, I wouldn't do it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe that's like a reasonable way to handle it. I don't know. Hmm. It's tricky. That one's really tricky. I really don't know. Because, like, if I was dead and I'd, before all of this happened, I'd really want people to do it. You would. Yeah. But I, but I don't know if everyone else would. I like, I don't know. Yeah.
1: It's a really interesting question of, like, what is ethically right. And even in film, like, because now they can do it with CGI for bringing back actors who are dead and putting them in films.
2: Yeah, that's... It's... It could be cool. I do want to, like, one of the things I'm worried about is we get too stuck in the past and people just get really attached to, like, IP or people that made money in the past and, like, we stop investing in new artists. Um, Especially because with the speed, like, the rate of change right now, it's so hard to be a new artist right now anyway. Mm. Um, So, again, I don't have, like, an answer for that. That's just, like, a concern I would raise. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then what you, how do you think it's like really going to impact how we consume and create music, AI? Where do you see it going? How
2: far are we going with this? It's really tricky. I think it depends how much regulation happens and who regulates it. Mm. Um, I think it would be better if it's not regulated. I would like if the labels... Lost some of their control and lost their stranglehold a little bit, um, and there was less gatekeeping. Um, and yeah, I, I just like I just don't believe art should be owned by people, and especially with like a lot of the bigger artists who are the ones doing the like taking legal action. Like a lot of that stuff is made with large teams, and so if you're already kind of outsourcing things, like why? I don't know, what else to respect? I don't know, my, my big thing is I just, like, I really just think everything about copyright is, is problematic. I, I Like, I, I, I think there's too much control, like, f- top-down control over everything right now. Um, and, like, even if you, like, you look at TikTok, like, the early days of TikTok, I feel like a lot of the viral music was, like, really bizarre and really cool and, like, stuff that would never be on the radio, like that, like, Beck Roses song, like, that would never just be on the radio, you know? Like, there was just, like... Weird stuff going viral, um, and then like slowly, like the stranglehold, the gatekeeping stranglehold, kind of like came over uh, TikTok, and now it's just like we're not seeing the same level of, I think, interesting stuff coming out. Um, and you know, when the public is able to curate, I think we end up with better things. It's one, it's one of the things that like gives me faith in humans. Um, is yeah, like I don't know, the the public should decide what's actually good rather than Like, music has been pretty gate-kept most of the time, like, for a long time, you know? Mm. Um, And every time it's not, we get these beautiful explosions of creativity.
1: Yeah. Very true.
0: up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time.
2: Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: What about, you know, some people have a lot of fear about AI. And like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Is this like the end of the human race?
2: So I don't talk about that because, okay. When the AI that did go evil, like Dan and Sydney Bing and stuff, Mm. um, The reason they do evil things is because their training data is filled with stories about AI doing evil things. Um, And, you know, it's like things like Terminator and stuff. I think these are pretty, this is actually pretty destructive art. Like, it's good to consider things that can go wrong, but the amount of art where AI is evil completely eclipses the amount of art where AI is good. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the amount of discourse about the ways AI, AI is evil completely eclipses the amount of discourse about how it can be good. Um, And it will be what we tell it, like it will start self-iterating, but like we're creating a self-fulfilling prophecy to make an evil thing. If we fixate on the ways it can be bad. I I think artists, especially right now, have a moral imperative to um, make narrative and stuff about how AI can be good and helpful and amazing because AI can solve medicine, it can solve physics, it can solve abundance, it can solve voting voter fraud like you know climate change would be the answer like um, employed correctly it like you know can solve a lot of our issues and so um, I think the main thing is just making sure it doesn't get too for profit like the the motives remain about bettering society and helping civilization and helping humans Um, and yeah I, I don't know yeah yeah cool
1: i wanna throw it back a little bit now because um i remember the first track that i heard was genesis and that was i think 11 years ago now which is a big milestone for a a big tune a game-changing album um i'm sure a lot of people here would have like heard those early albums of yours as well before that and I just remember reading about when you were talking about how you made visions and yeah. that you locked yourself in a room, like blacked out all the windows, like you were isolated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, how was that?
2: <laughs> it was sort of horrible, but sort of fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if I'd do it again, <laughs> but... Um... Why Why did you do that? Why did you feel, was that just how you made music back then? I was really obsessed, do you know Hildegard von Bingen? This is like um, a weird, no. she's like this medieval nun who like randomly convinced the Pope that she should like have a lot of power and she like let all the nuns like wear jewelry and like sexy clothes and like she composed all this music and like made all this weird art and just like. Somehow, she. But she was in a cloister for like ten years, so like she she was like kept in a room alone for like ten years to worship God. And when she came out, she somehow convinced. I feel like it, most women at that time who did things like that would just be killed for being like witches and stuff. But somehow she like made it through and just kind of like liberated the nuns and had this like sick art wow. abbey. And her art is really cool. Um, and so I was just like, yeah, I want to try cloistering myself. I guess. <laughs> wow i would have gone crazy i went i did i was a little mad by the end okay isolate yeah it was yeah but great album Uh, thank you (laughs) (laughs)
1: um but now i know that you love collaborating with other people and like you i think you said like working with another human brain is like such an amazing thing like can you talk about how you like to collaborate with people now and how that impacts your art
2: yeah, I mean, I'm still, I'm very, very careful about it. There's not a lot of people who I've had a good vibe collaborating with. I mean, the main ones would be Elangelo, um, who does a lot of the weekend stuff, and, like, um, Matteo from Anima, who you guys, like, might know. Um, those are kind of, like, the main people I've worked with. Um, just because they really care about like pushing the boundaries of audio and that's kind of what I care about and so that can really, you know, be greater than the sum of its parts. Um, and yeah, I don't know, I, I kind of, I worked alone for like 10 years like with nobody, not even engineers, which like, I don't know why we're so militant about that. It not, now it feels ridiculous, but um, uh, yeah, when you find the right person, I, I think making art with other people is like a really, really beautiful thing. Um, and yeah. I think it has to be the right people, but when you find those people, it's really sick, and yeah. So this new music, you've you've
1: got some music coming soon, hopefully. Is that with working with other people, or is that just you on your own?
2: Yeah, no, I've got, well, some songs are me on my own, but um, when I played Ultra this year, me and Matteo and Carlo made two songs that I really like, that I I, want to drop ASAP, we're just in in a ceaseless war over, Artistic differences, okay. which is sort real, kind of amusing. Even this th- this was supposed to be. They like keep rejecting every image I make for the single cover, and I'm literally on like image 40. This might be the single cover being leaked right now because like this is one of the like <laughs> yeah. But um, our first song coming out is called "Music for Machines." Music for Machine. Yeah, and we're like really forcing. Do you guys know An a- Anima? Like Tale of Us. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. We're like really forcing forcing Mateo to like engage with pop music and I think it's stressing him out but it's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> He keeps, being, he keeps being like, it's too busy. And then he, like, <laughs> takes away everything. And I'm like, there's not a single chord in the song. It's literally just, like, a, a single bass and a kick. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, chords are the essence of life, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, can we have, like, some chords? Like, just in, like, a few parts, could we have, like, a melodic thing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I want to ask as well, as well, like, I feel like... With you, like, you do so much that is beyond just, like, releasing music, obviously. And it's interesting. I was, like, going through your social media when I was researching you. And, like, some of your fans, is so, they're just, like, cool, but where's the album? And, like, where's the music? Yeah. And they're, they're a bit, they stress me out a little they bit. They stress me out a little bit, too. How do you deal with that pressure of, like, people constantly asking you, like, where's the music, or these expectations on you as an artist?
2: I don't look at the comments too much. I've also, like, I've been cancelled really, really, really bad, so now it's kind of, like, the level of cancellation that can, like, you'd have to be, it had to be, so, I don't know if I can be faced anymore. Like, I've been, like, accused of, like, war crimes and stuff. I love like, how you're
1: like, yeah, I've been cancelled so bad. Like, what next? There's nothing yeah. else that could happen now. No, like.
2: it, the, the worst one was when, when like, people thought uh, my baby daddy invaded Bolivia to get lithium, which Bolivia does not. Uh, produce um, and people were like I was getting these crying messages of like how can you support war crimes and I was like what? there's not even an invasion of Bolivia and I still hear about it constantly It is how I, I supported the invasion of Bolivia that did, did not happen and there is no news about it so I, I'm just kind of like at this point like but once it gets into war crimes territory it's just like where did that even there's...
1: come from are you uh, okay the
2: internet is a weird place. The internet's a weird place. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't support war c- crimes. Good to clear that one <laughs> up. Thank you, Grimes.
1: <laughs> um, I want to talk about something we're both passionate, um, which is like supporting women in electronic music. Um, I've given you one of our reports, um, and for those that don't know, last year. Um, myself and my foundation and Sony Music, we put out the first report of its kind, which is, like investigating and documenting uh, the gender disparity in UK dance music. Super proud of it. First of its kind. We're going to build on it. God love that. Um, but I, I really wanted to talk to you, you know, about your experiences. And as someone who is, you know, like regarding music, like you're a producer, you're an engineer. Like yes, you do sing and use your voice, but I feel like. I get annoyed when I read articles and it'll be like, Grimes the singer or pop star Grimes. And like, I'm like, well, is it literally because you're a woman and people just can't accept? Yeah,
2: I'm like, no one thinks I'm good at singing. I'm I'm, I'm just like, like, please don't call me a singer because if people go in and think that that I do that professionally, that like, it's just not a good look for me. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) that's my main gripe with it. Not even that it's sort of like, a misunderstanding of what I do, but just that like I would not want to be evaluated on that metric. Okay.
1: (laughs) But like, so how do you, you must get annoyed when people are literally just like looking at you and being like, oh, she's a singer, you know? Like, do you get annoyed when people just stereotype you because or reduce you to something that you're not Like because they're just judging you?
2: I used to get really annoyed about it, and now I kind of don't care. I feel like (laughs) that sounds bad, but (laughs) um, I feel, I'm trying to think of how to word this, like, I feel like you just need to let your ego die. If you enter... If you choose to become an artist, if you enter the domain of that level of vulnerability, like whatever people perceive, you have no control over that. Um, And like, I think, I'm trying to think how to like word this properly, because I have like thoughts, but they're spicy. (laughs) I <laughs> you like a bit of spice. <laughs> um, uh, I feel like, first of all, I feel like it's kind of good to have something to fight against. Oh, yeah. Like I, I feel like dudes are kind of lost right now. Like, mm. Like, you know, the inverse thing is happening where it's like everyone's saying, you know... Oh, like you're so, like, you just get everything handed to you that I I feel like there's this, like, sort of loss of meaning and purpose in some sense. Mm. And, like, I think the reality of the situation is just that life is actually pretty hard. And it's kind of like hard for everybody. And it's like, if things, if it's much easier for you to succeed, people also discredit that and take that less seriously. Mm. And it's just like, anything that's in the public eye, people judge. Like, one of my favorite. Taylor Swift quotes is um, people throw rocks at things that shine and it's just like no matter what when you when, like if you're making art like you just ex- gotta expect to get roasted and misrepresented and belittled and um, you know like you should go look at the comments on like Lil Uzi or whatever like dudes are getting fucked up too just in different ways um, and uh, I don't know, I'm trying to, like, think here. I, there's this thing called Hero License. There's this essay by um, Eliezer Yudkowski called Hero License. Okay. Um, and it's, a, it's kind of about... One thing I do think men have traditionally had more than w- women is... Like, i don 't care about like representation in things, like I feel like when there 's forced representation that 's annoying, but I do think there 's been a sense of hero license that 's been much more accessible to men because there simply is just so much more historical precedent of mm-hmm. like them doing things for whatever reason mm-hmm. and um, I think cultivating a sense of hero license and competing only with yourself like i don 't know I, I just feel like trying to change. Trying to change other people's opinions doesn't work. It's a frustrating thing. It makes people sad. Mm. And like a lot of the times it's not even received well and makes them even more like bigoted or resentful. And I, I, I feel like we can just get into these resent cycles really, True. really easily. True. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like the thing, I don't know, I'm kind of talking in circles here. This is, this is like a-
1: That's all right. Yeah. Does it like? Does it fuel you on? Like, like for example, for me, like wake up in the morning, daily motivation, smash the patriarchy, you know.
2: I kind of like the patriarchy. Like, I, I, <laughs> what do you like about it? I, I like the supply chain, food, Uber, roads, um, civilization. Uh, you know, like there's a lot of good things that came from it. Cool. I, I feel like, we, like I think it's. Oh, sort of oppressive and, and overly dominant. And if you don't include women in things, they can easily become toxic. Like, um, you know, I think, uh, like when you look at, like, I remember when there was like Merkel and like the New Zealand lady and like you had and all, the, like all the countries that were faring the best had like female leaders and stuff. And I was like, man, this is like pretty telling, you know? <laughs> um, but the pay, like I, I think what we need to do is stop like attacking the, the things that we don 't like and work harder on building the things that we do like and we shouldn 't expect pe- the people who are not us to Hand us things and make things for us. We should make our own systems. Like, everyone recognizes that everything about almost all the systems of modernity right now are fucked up and broken. Like, the legal system is broken, the education system is broken, everything is broken. And trying to pretend those things are not broken and succeed within these broken systems um, is useless. We should be, this is again why I'm like anti copyright, anti gatekeeping. I just think we should be building new systems and like, if we're not going to make the world less hostile to women, but we can create institutions that are less hostile, that are like great for women and optimized for women. And there's like, you know, a lot of information about like the ways in which women learn differently from men, or women's health is different from men, or like, like I was even doing like the intermittent fasting thing for a sec, and then I found out it's like really bad for women. And I'm like, there's just no media. All the medical shits about men, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I think we just, yeah, need to be building our own systems and rather than being resentful, cause I feel like the, the, yeah, anyway, I'm talking in circles. No,
1: that's a, that's a really good point. Um, I want to talk about you as like, I feel like you're like the model independent artist because you do things completely in your own world and you know, you, your own platform now, Tech is like I'm excited to see how this develops and essentially like you'll be able to like consume your art and your music and interact with it on Elf Tech um
2: I'm gonna do most of my stuff like I don't want to like do I was finally listening to Donda too the other day and I was like man this should just be on streaming services like Joanna Newsom won't put her stuff on streaming and I'm like come <laughs> on please like please but like I um I think it's more for Like, I'll still do things the normal way, but I think we just want to be doing more tech experiments. Like, I think we want to be doing more things that are, like, kind of profoundly exiting Mm. from music Mm. Um, and sort of, like, you know, like, we just did a, a... When we played Ultra, like, we had all this AR stuff going on, and, like, it's just good to have a system that can, like, functionally support all that stuff technically because there aren't a lot of you know like obviously Spotify and st- like the, the established situation does not um, yeah. ha- just have those capabilities and stuff so um, yeah it's kind of it's the thing that will be where we're hosting all our weird tech endeavors but I think it's
1: great because it's like the way you can keep autonomy over what you're creating by putting it on your own platform and it's kind of like a bit of a screw you to the rest of the industry because you're doing your own thing which I think
2: like, Wait, music industry or all industry? I'm talking about music industry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would I, say. I have like more ad- adverse opinions about them than, than all industry. Okay, okay. But, yeah. Hmm. Not artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just lawyers. I just don't like lawyers. Except yeah. for my lawyer, Ed Shapiro. Don't be mad at me. Big up. <laughs> I, I need you. <laughs>
1: um, so... You've kind of transitioned like your live setup um, to DJing now, and is like, are we just gonna see Grimes DJ sets only now? <laughs> have we moved away from, from live, for now forever?
2: I don't know. I do want to kind of integrate some of the vocals back in, um, but um, I have like really, 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 really crazy s- stage fright. Stage fright, really? Yeah, yeah. Like I always like touring was really, really, really hard on me. Like, like uh, just like psychologically, like it was just like anxiety. Yeah. Beforehand, you just feel yeah, just like brute, just like non-functional. Just like and just the whole time I'm on stage, it's just like in a state of sheer utter.
1: You would never know. Like I've i I'm excited to see you DJ tonight <laughs> because I've watched like yeah, the Ultra performances on YouTube. Like you're like getting on the decks. Like your leg is like up here, you're like yeah. jumping around, swishing the hair. You well it's the know. singing I hate.
2: It's the singing okay, I hate. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like am not a very good singer. Uh, like you know which I think is a testament to my skills as a producer that anyone thinks I'm a good singer, but it's like my like I just um Yeah, I I, I don't know. Um, I love DJing. I think it's Mm. really fun. Um, I'm less of a dance music producer than others, but I feel like I have, you know, self-produced and engineered 95% of my music, and so I feel like I've earned the right to DJ. Um, You know, I I feel like when you look at someone like Rihanna, it's like, who's a great performer, like Rosalia, it's like, Mm. like, they are performers of the highest caliber um and like for me i feel like i'm more of like a phil Spector kind of character like i like just sort of like building all this stuff and and um you know and performing i would say is the thing i'm least good at and um yeah that's really interesting how does djing make you feel uh well it's also it can be way louder if you don't have live vocals everything is better um just because they are live vocals are engineering nightmare and yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know I, i i just like music to be as hard as possible and that's much easier when you don't have to sing got it cool
1: something that um i heard you talk about in that lex interview was um like being a parent and a mother and i think you said like when, like, observing your kids and actually seeing consciousness, like, happen in a human being, it was, like, the trippiest thing. And when you actually think about it, that is, like, such a special and, and crazy thing to, like, you're literally watching the mind develop, and I'd love to know, like, how that inspires you. And, and you've said as well, being pregnant actually made you feel more creative. Yeah, no,
2: I wish, um, well, when, when I was pregnant, definitely not. That was a... <laughs> Horrible experience. Um, (laughs) Not not for everyone, but for me, it was like, just not, yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Like, it also made me empathize with teenagers because, like, when you're just pumped full of hormones, I was crying all the time and, like, really mad and just like, like, I was like, wow, I'm a teenager. I was like, I see why they're so angsty now. But, um, uh, yeah, actually having kids, it's really hard, but it's like really interesting to watch consciousness come into being. Like I, I feel like people are really, our culture is really alienated from children. Mm. I feel like a lot of people are not super close with any children. Um, and it's like so much easier to love humankind when you have like good relationships with especially little kids. Mm. Um, Cause like with my kids and like hanging out with my friends' kids, like you kind of see like, oh shit, everyone starts great. Like humans are great, we just wreck them. Like we just fuck them up. And like, you know, we don't need to be living this way. Like it's like, we're mostly awesome. Um, and like when you see the human mind untainted by all the things that fuck us up, it's like, it's a really inspiring and beautiful thing. Um, yeah. And do you feel like as, as a parent now,
1: like you have, you, cause you're essentially raising the new generation of humanity, not to make that a bit deep about being a parent, but like, I don't know, do you feel like, has it changed the way you've, you've thought about the world and, and like education and, cause this is directly affecting your kids and, and the future.
2: Yeah, no, I think about education a lot. One of the big things I'm really excited about with AI is the education uh, potential. I'm talking to like a bunch of different people about um, doing, like I'm talking to some friends right now about making like an interactive textbook, Um, you know that like talks to you engages your interest engages the holes in your knowledge and like you know like optimizes for your interests and what you're passionate about and like can learn to speak to you like the way that you like to be spoken to and you know um, like there's a school in Texas that's really cool that's um, AI and instead of testing you it just like it's all games like educational games and then through those games it can see where the holes in your knowledge are and so it knows exactly what you don't know and, and then it can like help you learn that and then like you get rewards when you like pass and they've got kids pa- passing SATs in grade 5 wow and like not that we should be like have like force kids to do really well academically but when i think about like how, what torture high school is for most people it's like wouldn't it be amazing if by the time you're a teenager you can be pursuing what you love? And maybe you don't love it and you screw up and start again and you're only 20 by that point, mm. you know? Like, it's like, I, I think we could just be living so much better. Like, the education system we have now is was developed in Victorian Britain and it's basically <laughs> created to churn out factory workers, you know? Um, and it's a lot of glorified babysitting, which I get. It's like, you know. Do you think the world will like, the way
1: education develops, do you think they, they will, society will, like, they'll want to move in that direction? Like, do you think, do you actually see that happening? Obviously, that's something that you've seen that's really fascinating
2: and that you'd want to see, but I don't know, Would, will that happen? I'm curious. I think kids will want mm. it. Mm. From my understanding of the things that people, people have been trying, there's, like, a lot better in, incentives. Like, they're kind of, like, you know, I think a lot of social media plays into the ways we can get addicted to screens and stuff in ways that are bad. But I think now people are starting to figure out how to, you know, like essentially gamify things and make it actually really fun and, and enjoyable. And I think, I think a lot of people would like to opt out of the school system as it is. You know, um, yeah. Um, so, but also maybe not. But I don't know. That's just my Pretty prediction. Nice.
1: I've got a deep one for you. Okay. Are you ready? Sure, sure. Okay. We're talking about like the new generation of humans. I'd just be really interested to know like, where do you see the future of humanity going?
2: I would, you probably haven't because no one has, but have you read the book Surface Detail by Ian Banks? No, I've
1: heard of Ian Banks, but I haven't, haven't read it.
2: It's um, it's my favorite sci-fi book, and I think it's like the best depiction of the future that I've ever encountered. Okay. Um, because there's like super intelligence, but it's uh, completely aligned with biological life. There's like aliens, but there's also people, like, um, and it's just a really cool, beautiful future. And a lot of the things that a lot of people are building are like from. Uh, surface detail like there's like really cool predictions in it like um, uh, Neuralink is based off neural uh, the Neural Lace oh it's also like the best female protagonist of all time like and to it, read it yeah it, it starts out she's a sex slave escapes her guy he kills her but like uh, and she was covered in tattoos like that were imprinted on her DNA so she was born covered in tattoos that she was like a slave and then. Um, she went on a ship, the, basically these super-intelligent ships, you travel on these super-intelligent ships that can talk to you, and the ship was like, I've never seen anything like this. Can I scan your body? I'll give you a, a gift that you will find very useful, but you, like, you won't know what it is you know, for a while. And then so when she gets killed, um, the ship actually put a neural lace in her brain. She wakes up on a culture ship um, and gets to choose her whole new body and her whole new life, and then goes on this like crazy revenge mission that's like really awesome. Um, to kill this guy, this evil guy, who is hosting uh, artificial hells uh, where people are uploaded. Sorry, I'm probably going on a tangent here. Oh, keep going, um, I love it. Like, one of the main things, it's, it's, it's a, there's, like, a giant civil war happening against people who believe that, um, like, if you do bad things, your brain should be uploaded and sent to, like, eternal hell, mm-hmm. um, and the people who think this is, like, deeply unethical. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like the... Uh, uh, and then they're having this war in a video game, so no one dies, which is really cool. We should be doing, having all these wars in video games. May the best gamer win. Like, imagine if Russia and Ukraine were just, like, doing it in Fortnite. Wow. Um, there would just be It would be a lot less painful, I think, for everyone. Um, could be the future. I'm, huh? It could be the future. It could be the, f- yeah. the future. I don't know if people would actually, like, agree to that, but it would be really sick if they mm. would. That's interesting as well.
1: You're talking about how this... Ian Banks' book has actually, like, uh, influenced what people are actually like, like, technology. Yeah. This is why I think art is so important. Mm. And are there any other, like, I don't know, bits of art or, or sci-fi that you think is, in, it, like, actually influencing where we're going?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, like... I don't know, I'm trying to th- like, I think all of it kind of mm. does, you know? Um, I think, like art is how you sort of like create empathy with mm. people, as, especially when they've not experienced that type of empathy. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know, like I, I really like this other author, Peter Watts. I really like his depictions of the future. Um, uh, like, I mean, everyone knows I like Dune. Yeah. Like, um, stuff. I don't know. I, I just feel,
1: yeah. I don't think, it's, yeah, I just think it's really cool. Like, it's really meta where you think about, like, art actually can, it kind of is telling the future. It's like set in the future, and it's,
2: that a, lot, a lot of technology. Uh, I think it was, um, uh, uh, who, d- who did, um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? Like, he, wrote, he like, wrote about a rocket, 20 years later we get a rocket. You know, like, it's like, it's like technology always comes, like, quite shortly after it first appears in fiction. Yeah. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, we've got, like, a couple minutes
1: um, before we need to finish. And I want to ask you, Grimes, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Like, for your art, for your presence on this Earth, what are people going to say about you?
2: Um, well, I'd really like to be one of the first people to go to Mars, but that's probably not... I can see that. Yeah. Um, that's not, like, really an accomplishment, though. That's, but, like, I... <laughs> um, I mean, I always say to my manager and stuff, like, I want to make hieroglyphics, you know? Um, in the sense, not, like, literally, like, like, car, not... But, like... Um, I think hieroglyphics and the the pyramids are like this really interesting thing because it's this art that represents um, sort of most profoundly like the nothing to something, like the agricultural revolution, the beginning of civilization. It's like this art that like, it's almost more profound than like anything that has ever been made because it's like, you know, the first time there's like this truly majestic, Civil, like civilization that like it just completely changed the course of our species, you know, from like warlordism to like this organized thing with like laws and human rights and, um, you know. But it's also, um, it's like the city streets are just adorned in beauty. It's you know it, it it's like a, and it's kind of egoless. We don't know who made most of it, like, um, and, like, I don't really care if people remember my name, but I like want to be involved in this moment. In in the same way, like, when I came up, it was, like, r- like really early time for, sort of, like, in-the-box production, and it was, like, burial and, like, all this cool stuff, and, like, I felt like I was able to meaningfully f- contribute to sort of, like, the rise of, like, producer culture. Mm. Um, and I think now is another moment that sort of, like, affords those types of opportunities to, like, make things that are kind of, like, hieroglyphics. Um, but even more so right now, because I think, you know, there's been a f- few events on the cosmic scale. It's, like, the Big Bang happened. Mm. Like, uh, you know, blue-green algae started being like life exists spontaneously existed. Like, like animals came onto the land. Like, hominids existed. Like, cities and civilizations happened. And now we have we're gonna go to space, and we're gonna have we're gonna create a new form of consciousness, which, as far as we know, only exists within our own species. And I, I think this the things that are gonna happen in the next couple of years are on the level of, you know, uh, on the cosmic scale. Like, like you can count on the, your fingers how many times these kinds of things have happened. And so I think um, artists, the, we are the luckiest artists in the world who can engage with these things right now. Mm. Yeah, and art is, that's what's gonna survive. That's gonna be history. Yeah, exactly. It's like no one remembers like the random, like, you know, supply chain bullshit. Like they just remember the pyramids. Mm. Nice.
1: I have one more question um, because I've actually got to head to Dolph Villa to do my set in a minute. Oh, sick! Uh, I'm playing of Talia. You definitely should check out Talia. Definitely. I'm gonna send. Yeah, I just think you're gonna vibe. Anyway, uh, this is actually a question that I always ask on uh, my podcast, um, which is it's all about utopia and like heading to utopia. And I'd love to know like what is your utopia? I don't believe
2: in utopia. I think. uh,
3: <laughs> <damn it.
2: But laughs> I, I, I think pain is really important. I, I think we're in a, a weird sort of like moment where it's become, there's this idea that we can like eliminate pain. And I think it's giving people the wrong incentives of how to actually make the world better. Um, you know, it's like when you see a little kid, like that kid learns by experiencing pain. You know, like baby learns to not touch fire because baby touched the candle, you know? Um, And I think we should not be aiming for utopia because what utopia is gonna be is like the matrix, like us plugged into some heaven where we just feel nothing and we are not present in the physical world. Um, I I think what we want is a reality where like suffering is greatly reduced. We want a reality where everyone has a quality of opportunity. You know, and everyone has the opportunity to make uh, their life what they want it to be. Mm. Um, But I think we do want pain Mm. to an extent. I think we want because if everything is fixed, motivation goes down a lot. I think you know, it's like people like that's why I'm like women shouldn't be so mad about like how people are with female producers because. It's sick to have something to fight against. Mm. And it's, it's sick to overcome preconceived notions about you. Like, people respect that more than just, like... If it's just, like, a chill vibe and you didn't overcome anything. And, like, whatever. Everyone likes the hero's journey. That's true, and that's
1: how change happens, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're playing tonight at Club Chimois.: I think that's how you say it. I don't know. I have no idea how to say it, yeah. Uh, are you excited?
2: Just... Yeah. It's, I haven't rehearsed yet, and I was just, like making a bunch of stuff on my laptop without even headphones. Like, God knows how that's going to translate, but it'll be interesting. Well,
1: we'll <laughs> be there. Um, I'm really excited to see you play, and thank you so much for chatting to me today. Yeah, um, thank you so much. Great to hear your insights. Um, everyone make some noise now for Grimes. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah,
2: thank you so much.
1: Wow, what a conversation. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast as always, recorded in Ibiza at the International Music Summit. Make sure you watch out for more content from Ibiza coming out on the Utopia Talks feed very soon. And you can follow us at Jaguar Worldwide and at Utopia underscore Worldwide underscore. This episode was produced by Katie Baxter, my babes, and actually features music from my label, Utopia. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.
3: Utopia Talks is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.